Right. You sent Mikey over there and had him eat it. <laughs> <laughs> turn left, go straight, turn right, straight again, and then do it over. Forever, that's all you need to know. That's the way you skate. Okay, welcome back to Eight Minutes on High. I don't know. This is Zach and Max, and it's, it's uh, still. October 27th, and it's time for the next round of Red Stag. There you go. Here I go. So you're going to have to vamp. I'm going to have to vamp for a moment while you're snookering yourself, huh? Yes. Uh, yes, I I don't have that. (laughs) I have a Diet Coke can that's empty, so. Oh, I thought you were saying you don't have vamp. A vamp? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And down it goes. Down, Down it goes. So these will probably get better further on for our audience, you know, as we... Well, that was the thinking. Yes. It's kind of like Um, beer pong or something. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is Air Out My Shorts, which I highly recommend to to everyone. Mm -hmm. Preston Buttons and the Word Horror read bad literature while they're drinking and just talking. And uh, it's it's a wonderful show, and you know it's just drinking and talking. So how's your hand? Um, did you win the uh, art? I did not win the art, oh. but she got some money, but not nearly as much as it cost. And the last time she talked about it on the show, which was the previous show, and she didn't talk about it on the show I listened to today. Um, she said it's a losing battle, and it looks like they're going to have to cut it off. The, cut the finger off at least. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, serious injury. It's a big deal. She was very sad. And, of course, we were all sad for her. Mm-hmm. But um, she felt like it's it was time to stop whining, which I thought was very courageous. Because if I was an artist, which sometimes in my optimistic moments I think I, I would want all of my fingers. Yeah. Well, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, as you well know, so I really appreciate people who can. So, Well, uh, another one of my favorite books is a book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, which claims that they can teach everyone to draw, mm-hmm. and I believe. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a theory. Of, I learned how to draw a, a funny sheep the other day. That, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. We were, uh, uh, we're, were in the middle of a, a conference there, and... <laughs> I learned how to draw a sheet. Because <laughs> no, the guy next to me was doing it, and I <laughs> and he taught me. See, there, one of the biggest problems that Americans have, Western civilization people have, as far as being artistic, is that we learn to self-criticize at a very early age, and we also learn to represent. Our friend Don likes to call it making little workers. We teach everybody, you know, how to add and subtract and and do things like that, but we don't encourage the creative things enough. Yeah, and it's getting and, worse and worse in the schools. I mean, they keep cutting out more and more of the arts, yeah. and it's sad. You know, I was listening to them talking about the teacher strike in Chicago, and my first thought was, teachers on strike? Well, that's not a very smart move in these political times. But then I heard that one of the things that they, that they wanted was to hire back, you know, like, 200 or 400 or 800 maybe teachers, art teachers and music teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they just cut these programs out. And it's like cutting out 
carbohydrates. You know, it's, it's art and music is a major food group of the brain. I was watching a show the other day that was uh, showing uh, the areas of the brain that actually physically change, and I and it was interesting because if you play a violin, one area of the brain changes. I saw a segment of that and, show. And if too. you play piano, a different one changes. That's really yeah. weird. Yeah, and the guy that that was doing the reporting was a piano player, mm-hmm. and they scanned his brain, and mm-hmm. he had this fat little section of one wrinkle of his brain. Yeah, that's weird, really weird. So, you know, it, it obviously has an effect, and, right. you know, it. I don't know, I just think it's a good thing to, you know, learn to appreciate that kind of stuff. I have I have predicted, by the way, to, to no one who's interested, but I'll make this prediction again, that the 21st century will be the century of the brain. Hmm. Just because I think we've we've gotten technology to the point now where we can actually study so much about what's going on in the brain when people are thinking. There's a, a new organization called StrikeDebt.org, which purports to uh, buy people's bad debt and give it back to them. They buy it on an, on an open market because debt is really just a commodity and they're buying like people's health care bills for pennies on the dollar and then and then saying, Look, you don't owe you don't owe me anymore, I forgive your debt. A spin off of Occupy Wall Street and uh, worth checking out. It, well, I've always wondered about that because if, if some collection company can go out and buy my debt for pennies on the dollar, how come you don't just sell it to me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, well and that's it, that's their feeling is that we've We've become slaves to debt. Mm-hmm. And, of course, me going out today, October 27th. <laughs> You've become a slave to debt today. Uh, I, I went further into debt today, and, and my interest rate was potentially 0.99%. But because of people who have been keeping track of my debt, having a different opinion about my worthiness, <laughs> my my interest rate was actually 4.5%. Mm-hmm. And and that's a, another thing that's that's always irritated me. This whole debt system, I never signed up for this. No. I never said you can have three debt recording agencies that get to find out who I borrowed money from. That's my secret information. Why should they all pull? Why should that be legal? I don't know. It uh, obviously has an awful lot of effect on your life. And and the most outrageous thing about credit reporting agencies is. If you look at your credit score more than once a year, it makes it go up. It makes or it go down, money. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Really? Who made this rule? When did we vote on this? Because I'm against it. Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, when I purchased a, a house recently, after changing jobs, uh, my credit worthiness went down because the place that I got my job at had to do a credit check on me. And yeah. that ticked me over a number, and my credit rating went down because I was getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and I said, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I'm getting a job, so my credit rating goes down. It's not fair, obviously. It's not right. Uh, obviously, the thing to do is to not be a borrower. But, you know, if you want to live in a house, that's at least a good option. Mm-hmm. Although I worked with a guy, an, an ex Marine from World War II who who said, 
I have never owned a house. I never will own a house. When something goes wrong, I call the landlord, and he fixes it. And he was very happy and because I'd, I'd always learned just the opposite. You know, now, you want a house. The paradigm is shifting. What would the rich people do if everybody stopped borrowing, much less if everybody stopped paying it? American population in general is paying down their debt. Oh, yeah. We've, we've gone from having zero savings as a nation to having 5% savings, mm-hmm. which is a really big number when you think about a $14, 15000000000000 trillion economy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd really like us to go out and spend that money right now. <laughs> right. But, of course, we would also like the 14 or so trillion dollars that large corporations have parked on the sidelines. Yep. Do you know the word economy didn't exist before, like, 1880? Oh, seriously? Hmm. People didn't know, didn't think of it in that in that term. Hmm. I wonder what they did. They talked about wealth or, or dollars or something, but they didn't. I mean, every every idea you know, had an origin. That's true. Outside of maybe Grog and Mrs. Grog, which, you know. You... <laughs> I don't think we have to get into that. Right. I always thought about this. Who was the first guy to say, look, there's a horse. I think I'm going to climb on that thing. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that before. That looks like a good idea. I always like the survival shows uh, where they go, yep. All these things are poison, you know. Make sure you don't eat anything you don't know. And I'm going, somebody figured that out, right? Right. right. You know how they figured that <laughs> you out? You sent Mikey over there and had him eat it. <laughs> you go, okay. <laughs> but instead of saying Mikey ate the red berry and then he died, they said God didn't like Mikey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Either that or God doesn't like the red berries. Either way, you know, somebody had to be – it had to be an idea in somebody else's head. Uh, we haven't talked about the debates at all. No, we haven't. So start there, and, and uh, I'd just be interested in your take. As I as I watched it, I you know, I, I decided he was losing. And it to me, what was bothering me is that I was recognizing all the things that were being said that were different from the advertised positions because I watched all the, you know, debates – the primary, primary debates. debates, and I'm going, huh, huh? Right. I said to myself, that's exactly what happened to Obama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? He, was, he was confused because the the Romner just changed all the words, you know? Well, one of the most astute uh, political sayings, it's the economy, stupid, had me has had me worried all the time. Give him this much. Attacking Romney early was a good strategy. Mm-hmm. But way back during the primaries when Obama wasn't campaigning and Romney would, would be campaigning against, the, you know, the seven dwarfs, <laughs> he would also throw in a line or two against Obama where he would say, you know, the, the president has failed. And I'm like, you can't let him get away with that. He hasn't failed. He saved the economy. You need to go out there and challenge his very first assertion. And I also think that Romney's use of statistics is dishonest mm-hmm. oh, yeah. be- because of the inertia of the economy. Mm-hmm. And that the first three months, the number of job losses increased. There were more losses, but they had started to diminish. And we didn't start getting job gains till about the seventh month. Now, you could very honorably say that the first six months of job losses – were George Bush's job losses. Mm-hmm. 800,000 jobs were lost in the January of his first year. Mm-hmm. 
those weren't his fault. And neither were 700,000 jobs lost in state governments where teachers were laid off. The 2.5 million jobs that were lost as inertia from Bush's administration and 700,000 teachers, cops, and firefighters that were laid off, that's another 3-point-some million jobs that are counted against Obama that really aren't fair. I, uh, I don't know why anybody who's uh, working right now wouldn't be happy that has a 401K. I mean, in the four years of Obama's, you know, uh, uh, presidency, it's it's recovered essentially uh, everything. everything, right? Because when he took office, that, you know, it was six hundred or six thousand. Right, it's six thousand now. Right, and and people don't know this, but the stock market is a predictive index. If the stock market has doubled, it means things are getting better, and Obama doesn't say this either. Entire first debate could have been turned around with with one question answer sequence where they were talking about jobs tax incentives for jobs being moved overseas. Right. And Romney goes into that thing. Hey, you know, I've been in business. I wish you'd let me know. Maybe I need to get you know new accountants and stuff. If Obama had come back and just said title so and so and so and so of this document and you used it at Bain. In this right. acquisition on this date, right? If he and and you you know if I'm going to a debate and I know that we're going to talk about job loss and shipping jobs overseas and tax incentives for moving, I would know right. that factoid on the right. tip of my tongue, and I'd be just sitting there like a tiger and lurking right. on a little antelope, drinking water from the stream. You know, <laughs> I'd be sitting well, there, and as soon as he said that. I would have come back and buried him. And why he couldn't have done that, I don't he, understand because that's one he should have been able to be prepared for because that wasn't a change or anything. Well, I've heard people say, well, it was his anniversary. you got to do better than that. Well, that was pretty funny. You saw the Saturday Night Live clip on that, right? You know, there's blah, blah, blah going on, and he's thinking in the back of his mind, oh, jeez, I didn't get a gift. And <laughs> For Michelle, right. Get something out of the shop. They had T-shirts and stuff here. <laughs> and, right. and the commentator goes in and says, Mr. President, did you want to comment on that? Oh, uh, Romney said he killed bin Laden, and, and he just, <laughs> okay, you know. And he <laughs> they did a poll. They said, who do you think should, should get the credit for killing bin Laden? And 38% said Obama, 40% said, I don't know, and 15% said Romney. These are low-information voters. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very apprehensive about this election. So I've spent a bunch of time thinking about the pulling it out result. And, and it's it's kind of scary to me and uh, be in the room when he goes to the Chinese and tells them what to do. And they say, bite me here redeem all these trillions of dollars of debt you owe me now. If you cut China out today, we wouldn't be able to put an F-16 up in the air. Yeah, and that was never supposed to that happen. That was not supposed to happen, but it has. I agree. I understand uh, because people who run businesses who make tiny little parts want to sell them as much and wherever they can, and so they buy themselves a congressman and they get – a law passed for a special exemption for their widget, and before we know it, we're beholden to the Chinese 
for our aircraft. Right. Well, it's like that uh, that's, that's going on currently with the plant that's closing in, uh, I forget, uh, Indiana, Illinois. Sinestra there. And they make a, you know, a small component, and they're going to close the factory down, move everything over there, and now that part is going to be made there, and they're the only ones that make that part. And that should not be allowed. We should not, we should be able to pass legislation that says business is not allowed to move vitally important production overseas. Well, this is what drives me nuts about the what's called Supreme Court decision that, that well actually the one in 1880 there that, that said that businesses are people where business is not beholden to a nation state they they're not citizens they're beholden to their quarterly report and therefore they have a different loyalty business doesn't love America it's it's literally important that they can't love they can't feel at all because they're not human beings they're entities. Yep. And that, that's that's my rant on that. <laughs> the uh, other statistic that's starting to show up that kind of I am uh, uh, a little mystified is that the gap in uh, the gender, uh, the women's vote, is shrinking. And- well, and, and it, that was the result of the first debate, and I can tell you when it happened. And, and it's so goddamn cynical and such a fucking lie that it makes me want to puke. He said, I love Democrats. He said, I worked with Democrats in Massachusetts. You remember how often he talked about mm-hmm. Massachusetts Zero. in the primaries? Not at all. Zero. He just he just got he was allowed to etch a sketch. When it, 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 the question comes down, you know, where was Obama? You gotta challenge him on these things. You know, Governor, how come you never talked about Massachusetts? You know, when you were saying you were a severe conservative, when all the conservatives you were debating said how very seriously they would not give in to anything that the Democrats did, you said, no, no, I'm more than that. And now you love Democrats? A couple of interesting observations from the first debate is I think that it's generally conceded that they lost the first debate, but that they were at worst even in the Biden debate, if not winning that. And well, I was listening to um, uh, Bill Maher talking about that, and Bill Maher's take is Biden kicked his tiny little ass. Yeah. So at least even if not winning it, and the last two debates he won, uh, Obama right. won. Particularly now, big in the last oh, one. That, that, that is the quote of the debates there. Uh, you know, we had horse, more horses than bayonets, <laughs> too, and now we have these ships that you land planes right. on. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I thought of you when I heard that. I was like, that's the kind of smart-ass comment Zach would have said. The point being is that I think because of the economy, and especially having uh, just spent two weeks away from the house on business, where, you know, I didn't watch news, that I was had to focus on what I was doing, and absolutely everything else was excluded, right. basically, that I think the – economy and uh, everything, uh, it's the economy, stupid, that people were looking for a reason. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. the, the mass uninformed were, because otherwise then when the de- other debates came in and it was shown that they were lying, the informed voter would go, yeah, that's crap. Right. Uh, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed MSNBC is using the lie word a lot now. 
Oh, is that right? You know, I haven't actually noticed that. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Chris Matthews, speaking of MSNBC, had the guy on from the the actor studio show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did a whole segment on flop sweat. Yeah, flop sweat on the last debate. Yes, uh, Romney clearly not only lost but looked badly mm-hmm. in, in the last debate and, and had the flop sweat. Obama needed to to call him out on it uh, when when Romney was lying. And right now, the people that are left want to hear two things: I will fix the economy, and why don't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. And and Romney, who said who agreed with all the seven dwarfs when they said no, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you one dollar in revenue increases for every ten dollars in tax cuts. You know, totally intransigent Tea Party stubbornness. Now he's saying, I love to get along, and I know how to get along. And the people that are left, and I hate to say it, but a lot of these undecideds are women. They like that let's get along stuff, mm-hmm. whereas the men want to see a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at Kill one it. point, there, there was one point in the second debate where Romney, who was trying to hold the middle of the floor, Romney came back, and Obama looked at him like, that's as close as you're getting, buddy. You know, did you mm-hmm. did you catch that? I, I wanted to see him throw down right there. Well, the second he, debate uh, was uh, most notable on the uh, uh, calling it terrorism. Go ahead, right. Governor. <laughs> Go on. Go on. And, so do you think Crowley was wrong bringing out the point that, it was factually what he said. What he said technically was, we will not stand for terrorist acts. Right. He did not say this was a terrorist no, act. And, and nobody and knew Obama, what was freaking going on there. What do you want us to do? Well, and I, and I think the current thinking is that it was, in fact, a spontaneous protest. Certain people with al-Qaeda affiliations – Having a background plan of someday we're going to go after that. Oh, I think I think uh, that's highly likely that uh, they they wanted to attack that. Uh, it's not an embassy; it's a consulate, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the difference. Uh, one is more yeah. official than the other, but anyhow, uh, right. that they were going to do it, and they lucked out having this other thing happening at the same time. But right, you know, spontaneous protests came up, and the, the bad people took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. To, to a cover you know, and, bring, yeah. bring their rocket-propelled grenades, which and, – and obviously we would have liked it better if we had been able to save the lives of, of those diplomats. Well, it's not but like they we – also wanted either two or four, I forget, additional guards, and probably those people would have been killed as well. Mm-hmm. People never mention that because it's a bad thing. But the thing that Obama should have said was, Governor, it's widely regarded that – Politics ends at the water's edge. You don't take political advantage uh, of an unfortunate occurrence for your own selfish gains. And then gone on and said, and these were my people, and I, I own it, and I we, feel bad about People it. will be brought to justice, blah, blah, blah. Right. The, the thing is, is that it's now a horse race, and it will uh, be, well, it is. be interesting, it, and, but I think – I heard a woman today on Chris Hayes' show saying 
Well, now that I hear this stuff about rape again, another friggin' Republican <sighs> who thinks rape is God's will. Who, who Romney? Well, it obviously has to be God's will because if the woman was getting ra- raped, she wouldn't get pregnant, right? Well, so. yeah, because the woman's body has a way of getting all up in there and shutting down that business. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, <laughs> it's Christine O'Donnell all over again. You know, I am not a witch. It's, 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 these people are the fringe, and they own the middle of the Republican Party. And the low-information voters are saying Governor Romney has a plan. But Governor Romney is, is promising everyone lollipops and ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to do with reality. I've heard a lot of economists, though, say regardless of who's elected, basically that there will be 12 million jobs created in the next four years. Yes. <laughs> These economies have momentum. That's why mm-hmm. it's unfair to judge the first six months uh, of Obama's term as a negative because he was turning around the Titanic. Yeah, really. Um, it's it's like uh, the they, they set their house on fire, ran out, and then they're yelling at the firemen for the speed at which they're putting a fire out, you know. <laughs> exactly. You bastards. And, and they know. Economists know things are going to be better next year. It's just a question of who gets to take the credit for it. And this stuff is going to happen whether they they agree with it or not. And the Democrats, we know from Bill Clinton's time and, and every other time and Ronald Reagan's time that the Democrats will make a deal. They're not stupid and they're not intransigent, which is my favorite new word. Intransigent. And they, you know, Democrats will make a deal. Romney can make a deal with the Democrats. Obama doesn't have the same option on the other side because the Republicans won't make a deal. In fact, part of the reason that things aren't better is because the Republicans won't make a deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to talk about politics anymore. Well, I was going to ask you one that I, I didn't know, and I feel really embarrassed. Uh, What's that? Uh, District of Columbia. What about it? Well, you know it doesn't have a senator, right? Right. Congressman. But did you know how many electoral votes does it have? Elect. Electoral votes, uh, it has zero, doesn't it? No, it has three. I was shocked. Wow. Yeah. They, they don't have a congressman, they don't have senators, but they get three electoral votes for the District because of Columbia. Of, because that would be a, a population. That's their population, yeah. And, yeah. and that's interesting. I knew they didn't have a representative, and I knew they didn't have two senators. Mm-hmm. I should have known. There's no there's no excuse for me not knowing that because I, I knew that their votes counted, but I didn't know how. I thought I, I should have guessed one. I never would have guessed three. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that they were stuck with a zero like they were with congressmen and senators. They actually have a person who goes to Congress but doesn't yeah, get, doesn't get the vote. <laughs> well, and that's why the people in the district want to become a state. Yeah. You know, and uh, as long as they they have proportional representation, I guess I don't have a big problem with it. It's, it's a weird little thing. Yeah, I hate Halloween. You hate Halloween. I, I mean, I like Halloween, the holiday. I I like you know giving candy to kids. I liked dressing up and getting candy when I was a kid. The thing that I hate is the month long obsession with the macabre. That, that October has become. Mm, yeah, you get an awful lot of uh, really crummy movies. <laughs> right. Well, it's just another excuse to uh, put decorations up in stores and have you buy stuff. 
Well, I don't think Halloween is is a thing for grown-ups to celebrate. You know, <laughs> we don't we don't need Halloween lights. Are you kidding me? I saw a Christmas tree with skeletons on it. it <laughs> That's efficient. <laughs> you you know, just leave it up. Study shows all pop music. Pop music all sounds the same. Uh, well, I disagree with that. But why do they say that? Well, it's becoming more the same. It's official. Science has essentially proven with a study that pop music is indeed both getting louder and diminishing in variety. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought we were going through the whole genre, but if we're talking about today's music, I'm an old guy and it sucks. So, Yeah, well, they so. were specifically mentioning uh, vinyl and how uh, they used to set the decibel level at a, at a certain range, you know, down minus 20 mm-hmm. when they were recording in the old rock and roll days. Not to sound like an old fart again, but uh, now with the digital mastering, they can sort of make everything full volume all the time, and that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's another study that concluded, a new study that concluded that people who watch only Fox News are less informed than any other news consumers. Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) I I had a bad experience, actually. Uh, I found uh, hate radio on the radio dial down here. I thought it was absent, but I happened to find it. Yeah, and uh, and so now, so now it's there. Oh well, that's pretty much um, what I got for today. Hmm. Unless you want to talk about calories. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I I'd, I'd rather not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was uh, uh, a death there that we we could mention. Uh, oh yeah, um, McGovern. Thank you for. Getting the word for me, George McGovern. Yeah. Who a lot of people thought was a wuss, but was actually a a, a bomber mm-hmm. commander, I think, yeah. in World War Two. World War Two. And because he was a a World War Two participant, perhaps understood that war is bad. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's wasteful. It's it's taking huge amounts of money and blowing shit up Mm -hmm. and killing people. And, you know, what if we somebody had killed Einstein, you know, during World War II or World War I, say? Um, And how many of the, what, 30 million people that were killed in World War II Mm -hmm. were Einstein? Yeah, yeah. You know, if if somebody's a one in a million... You know, there were 30 of them killed in World War II. It goes back to the two guys on the island with the dodo bird. (laughs) Because if it stands near us and we have a bat, we're going to hit the fucking thing. So anyhow, uh, it was was interesting to me because uh, he uh, got crushed by Nixon, obviously. Right. And uh, it was the first uh, I couldn't vote for him. Because I was, uh, I'm like 10 days shy, 12, oh, 12 right? days shy of uh, uh, turning 18. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I remember I got interviewed by the news because I had a, you know, McGovern button on. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm not going to take the McGovern button off until uh, Nixon is impeached. <laughs> and they kind of rolled their eyes. 
Yeah. And I didn't. I I kept it on there, and Nixon got impeached, and I took it off. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And um, that was interesting. And um, if you research that election at all, that was, uh, you know, Watergate. He, you know, he was oh, yeah. he was the one that was the target of the dirty tricks and the plumbers. Yeah, and the, I'm just saying that that whole election was rigged massively, and right. it goes back to yeah. honorable opponent. Yes. Stuff that I've talked about in the past, and right. and so my my whole uh, life basically is started with that. As far as uh, you know, your political life. Right? Political life started with that. So I I'm concerned about having honorable opponents. Well, and Mitt Romney has an honorable opponent, but I don't think the reverse is true. Well, there you go. And yeah, yeah. How many honorable opponents have there been in these? Uh, election years of your life. Uh, well, I think uh, McCain probably is honorable. I and I think uh, well, George the first was honorable. Dole may have been. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think probably Dole was honorable. Um, you know, I'm sure people on the other side of the aisle would say Bill Clinton wasn't honorable. But really, uh, and, and in terms of, well, I don't know. Was was Bill Clinton an honorable opponent? Well, he had uh, feet of clay, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not sure what that means. Well, I mean, he had a fatal flaw. He did absolutely. Um, he he certainly lied about his peccadillos. I'm sure now that he had a number of, of affairs, and and you know probably knew Jennifer Flowers or whoever the the woman was when they were accusing him of it. Well, that. I know you're trying to end, but it is interesting how uh, yeah. uh, uh, respected uh, Clinton is at the moment, you know. Well, outside of his feet of clay, he was a wonderfully good president. Mm -hmm. He was a moderate. He was uh, a manager of the economy. I love the story about the, the people who went to see him on a Sunday, and they were so glad to get a minute because everybody has, wants to see the president. And these, these were religious people, and they, they had an axe to grind about some sort of an economic issue. I can't remember the whole story, but they said – the person that wrote this article said, you know, we were really annoyed because he was reading the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times while we were talking to him the whole time. And when we got to the point we were trying to make, we, we said, what do you think? And he looked up over the top of the paper – and he asked the perfect question to show that he was with them entirely in the whole conversation. You know, the, their point led to this one inevitable conclusion, and he gave the right answer and had tracked them the whole way. Hmm. He, he could simply do two things at once, uh, maybe more. Hmm. He, he could, or as Bill multitasking. Said, he could get a blowjob and make a and phone make call. a phone call and order pizza. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, but it, but he understood the economy. He had long conversations with Alan Greenspan and learned from Greenspan. Greenspan liked him. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And and outside of his fatal flaw, he's good. Now, his personal morality, if, you know, if people want to judge that, that's their prerogative. Um, personally, I thought Monica Lewinsky was kind of cute. But... <laughs> I do think it was a horribly stupid thing. Well, yeah. It, you know, like I said, fatal flaw. Yeah. And uh, he damn well understood the economy and fixed it. 
and he fixed it by raising taxes. <laughs> Damn it. Well, it's probably time to play the music. If you can grab a circle in your hands and twist it, that's an eight. 